Okay, this is the podcast where we're focused and we, like, do it really quickly. Yeah. Um, do you want an intro? Um, we, well, do we have, like, a short cold open thing where we, like... Oh, I, th- I think we normally do, don't we? It's, it's been so long. Like, I'm not sure it's even been that long. I think it's just that there's been so many other podcasts in my brain that I'm just getting confused about like what happens where. Yeah, it's the exponential increase of podcasting in our lives compared to the like exponential slowing down of time due to current events. Yeah, the two time graphs of podcasts, they're like <laughs> intersecting in a way that I'm not comfortable with and isn't doing good things to my brain. Yeah, the graph intersects <laughs> in a way that just shows you, like, um, a middle finger. <laughs> yes. It's, um, you know when you have those graph things in school? You know, like, the graph calculators? Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you do one of those and you make, like, a penis out of the shape. That's what this has done to my brain. Yeah. I was never, like, quite good enough at maths to figure that out. Well, if you were in uh, advanced <laughs> mathematics like I was, then uh, they would throw you the graphical calculator and then you still wouldn't know how to use it, but you'd be very impressive. No, they never they never threw me a graphical, a graphical calculator, but they did throw me out of the class. So. <laughs> I was going to say, they didn't, they didn't throw it to you in your class because they knew you wouldn't be able to catch it. So Yeah, because they were like, listen... You got a U two weeks into the course, and we think Ooh. that that means you're too dumb to ever learn. So, I mean, that's how education should work, you know? Yeah, it's about um, making the school's grades better. It's about creating a wider gap between um, people of different abilities. Yeah. I think that's good. Okay, <laughs> should we start the podcast? Yeah, let's do it. Fred, 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 Fred. Fred. Says fuck. Scooby Scooby Doo, looking for you. Scooby Scooby Doo, where are you? Whoa, 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 whoa. The aliens wait in my brain. Couldn't have a show without you. Scooby Scooby Doo, Scooby Hello and welcome back to Fred Sets Fuck, the best Scooby-Doo podcast on the internet, the only one that anyone actually cares about. Um, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Lucy. Hello. Been a medium while. It's been a medium while. It's definitely not close to, like, our longest... Oh, no. <laughs> ...gaps between episodes. I'm pretty sure that was about nine months, so... Yeah. This isn't that bad. Uh, the, the, the length of time it takes to carry a baby to term. Yes, um, which is kind of what we were doing, if you think about it. <laughs> is I impregnated you with the seed of podcast, and you had to gestate it, you know, this. and give birth to it. <laughs> and that's what this podcast is now. Hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking about that, and I'm gonna immediate. I'm you know, in Men in Black, they have those like sticks. Yeah, I'm doing that to myself. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you're while you're there, can you like forget all about me so I don't have to do any more podcasts ever again? <laughs> you got yourself into this mess. You have to. You have to not get out of it. You have to stay in it. Okay. 
Yes, I'm sorry, loyal listeners, since um, the last episode, I now have like three other podcasts that I have been doing, and that's what I've been doing rather than this very important podcast, and arguably the most important podcast. So I'm very sorry, and I hope you forgive me. It's like you're cheating on on Fred Says Fuck. I am. Fred Fred Says Infidelity. (laughs) Fred Says Come Back. A Song of Ice and Fire, what's that? Fred does say fuck. He says fuck George R. R. Martin. And that's the yeah. truth. <laughs> so before we like get into the episode that we watched this week. Okay. Which was good, I will say that. Yes! Uh, yeah. I mean I enjoyed it. We'll talk about it in a sec, but yeah, no. Way better than the last but, one. Um it was my birthday recently and Ooh. for my birthday Charlotte was kind enough to purchase me the DVD box set of the new Scooby Doo movies, which as you all know listeners is the series we're reading reading watching now it was a very Um, subtle hint from me to lucy (laughs) it was like a gift version of a kick up the ass (laughs) but i love it um and i just it's a good it's a it's nice to not be like watching the videos on daily motion Mm, can't relate also um (laughs) the the blurb on the back of the box set says Kids who fell in love with the original Scooby-Doo Where Are You TV series were growing up and could enjoy more sophisticated plots and characters, so along came the (laughs) hour-long The New Scooby-Doo Movies. Huh, okay. Hmm. Sophisticated, okay. Yeah. Uh It's also, it also says the almost complete collection. Yeah, what's that about? Is there like a missing episode or something? I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to find out, but there are some good-looking DVD extras on here that I just want to tell you about, um, and we can watch those together and discuss them. Okay, I would love that. So the first one is one I'm not super interested because I'm, I don't watch basketball, but it's Uptown with Scooby-Doo and the Harlem Globetrotters. The Harlem Globetrotters show Scooby-Doo some new tricks, and new tricks is in, like, um, quotation marks. Huh, what kind of tricks? I think it's probably just Scooby-Doo learns how to, like, dribble. Can he dribble? Yes. Can you dribble with paws? I'm not sure the mechanics. I feel like we've seen him dribble. I mean, we've definitely seen him dribble, but I mean more like, <laughs> can he, uh, you know, use a ball? Can he ball? Yeah, can, can he ball? Can ball? Can Scooby-Doo, the dog, ball? <laughs> okay, the um, second one that I'm really interested in is Girls Rock. Spotlight oh, yeah. on Daphne and Velma. Girls rock. Girls rock. I thought dudes rock. This is fascinating. Yeah, I know. We're learning about a whole new, um, a whole new thing here. Mm. Dudes might rock, but maybe girls do. Maybe girls actually rock. Have you considered? I hadn't until the back of this DVD case. See, those people complaining about Scooby Doo being some sort of ethical dead zone were actually wrong. Yeah, this one's taking a stance. Yeah, it's feminist. <laughs> Scooby-Doo is feminist. I know the last episode was decidedly not feminist, but it is. Oh my god, yeah. That was fucked up. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, to this this next episode that we watched, pretty good, I thought. A pretty good episode. Yeah, I thought so too. But you still haven't heard the last DVD extra. Oh, okay. Which is the one I think you will be most interested to. And okay. In. The Hanna-Barbera Kennel Club Roast Scooby-Doo. Oh. Embarrassing stories of how Scooby-Doo mumbled and clawed his way to animation stardom. Okay. That, I am very interested in that. I want to see 
what kind of propaganda Hanna-Barbera are putting on their DVD extras. Are they going to be like, the haters wanted to get rid of us, but we prevailed. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know what they say. This is straight from the horse's mouth. This is party propaganda. Yeah, exactly. This is from... um, (laughs) Trying to think of a pun, but I can't think of any parties for some reason. The HB home base. This is from the Hanna-Barbera Propaganda Centre at the centre of party headquarters. And... This is some fresh agit prop that they're putting out. So we got to partake in that. <laughs> Scooby Doo agit prop upcoming episodes. <laughs> that could be the episode title. Um, I I think I have a better one. But yeah, we'll... there's many quotes in this that I thought were extremely good. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be challenging, I think. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Lucy, do you like physical comedy? You know, I think it's the highest form of comedy. I think it's it beats wit yeah. physically round the head every time. Yeah, it throws a custard pie in the face of wit and brevity and sarcasm and all those other lower forms of humour, I think. <laughs> yeah, this one wins. Yes. Physical comedy rocks. <laughs> Physical comedy, it rocks. Um, yeah, so this is episode two of the new Scooby-Doo movies, The Dynamic Scooby-Doo Affair, which is, like, a mediocre title. It's not really a pun, um, I guess you could say, because they're the dynamic duo, but that just seems not like anything. I mean, it's not the worst episode title we've had from Scooby-Doo. I don't think I can think of, like, a single good episode title they've done. Which, you know, we could, you could say the same thing for this podcast, but... <laughs> what was the Snow Yeti called? Um, was that like Night for a Frozen Fright or something? That sounds right. I, I think, think there was... Was that not the caveman? I have no idea. I think they're all called that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they basically all have identical names involving the word fright. Um, so this week we are joined by the dynamic duo Batman and Robin were informed in the opening credits. Yeah. It's very nice. It feels like I'm watching and Well, I think the thing is, the last episode we did with the Three Stooges, I had literally no knowledge of who the Three Stooges were, but everybody knows Batman and Robin. I'd never seen their, like, animated series, but I did watch the old, like, campy ones that were, like, live action, but yeah. it was when Batman was, like, had a bit of a dad bod, and when they punched each other, they <laughs> went pow. pow. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, because these ones are from the specific, I think, Hanna-Barbera TV show Wonder Friends. So, nice to see them here. I love their character designs. <laughs> yeah. Um, Robin? Yeah, we'll get to <laughs> Robin it. Robin is like half... <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into we'll it. We'll get to it's it. It's good. Um, I think it's very funny. I just found this episode very delightful and I was laughing a lot during it. Which is funny because Batman and Robin aren't really supposed to be comedic characters, unlike the Three Stooges. Yeah, I did not find the Three Stooges funny. Yeah, I mean, I think (laughs) there were just some beats in this episode that, like, genuinely really tickled me. Yeah. And I think a lot, some of it was very unintentional. I don't know, there was, like, the way that they were played, Batman and Robin, in this, is just, like, very straight, but in a very funny way. It's just so, like... (laughs) They're just there, and yeah. no one, like, makes like, a big deal out of it. Like, oh, it's Batman, no worries. Yeah. There's a lot of specific Batman lines that are very funny as well. Yeah. And I don't think any of the gangs say any of their catchphrases, but we do get a lot from Batman and Robin. 
mm-hmm. which is good. <laughs> and also another pair of husbands, um, the Joker and the Penguin. Oh my god! The second I saw the Joker in this, I was like, "Okay, we. I know what the I know what the episode is called now. I know what I want to title." Oh, this. Okay, okay. So, this opens up with the gang. They're in the mystery machine. It's perma dusk. They're in a swamp. You know the drill. It's a cla- That's like almost word for word what I wrote down as well. So, well, it's, it's good that we have an established like bingo card. It's a classic <laughs> Scooby Doo opening sequence. This is how it always starts. We know it's establishing that this is indeed an episode of Scooby Doo. In case you were worried that it wasn't, I think what I like is that obviously the van breaks down because otherwise, like they the the writers cannot kick off a plot without the van breaking down. Well, sometimes but, they um, just stop and investigate places, but yeah, normally the van does break down. Yeah. But um, they they say that they're on the way to a mystery club convention. Yes. Which is great because it implies this like wider community of like very similar teen mystery solver gangs who host like regular enough conventions that they like know to travel to them. Well, in this sort of post-apocalyptic nuclear wasteland in which they live, the... Society is definitely separated into these classes of, like, peasant villages. Mm-hmm. Um, then the sort of upper echelons, which is, like, professors, um, mine owners, heiresses. <laughs> it's a sort of, like, weird middle upper class. And then they spend their time exploiting the people below them. And then the third class is, like, exterior to this class system. And they're just, like, roving bands of mystery solvers who go around trying to expose the exploitation of this class on the underclass. And then I guess the police are also there, which I have no idea what their allegiance is. So Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell. I think the the police's role in this episode is, like, not very much, but also it brings into this, like... It, it, it makes me question where they are again. I mean, to add to this, we have to accept that Batman and Robin Batman are there. Batman and Robin are real, yeah. And um, they're masked vigilantes. So you could say that... You could say that the Joker and the Penguin fit very neatly into this sort of masked monster exploitative role. Yeah. Like, this is almost what they are anyway. So they are basically just Scooby-Doo villains of the week. Um, Except, like, full-time. Like, you don't take off the Joker's mask, you know? That's just who he is. Yeah, that's, Um, like, full-time. It's his full-time, like, vibe. Same with the penguin. Like, I don't think he can stop being the penguin. So in this way, I think that Batman and Robin are just another mystery gang. That are just, like, roving the wastelands. Do you think they the were also on the way to the convention? Yeah. <laughs> I think they were on their way there, and they were going in a sort of similar direction, and that's how they ended up meeting. Yeah, I believe that. Because, okay, yeah, so the van breaks down because it hits a rock, um, and apparently the van can't cope with a rock. And it uncouples the battery or something, and Fred's like, "I can fix it, no worries." Um, but then there's a there's an airplane that flies overhead. Yeah, um, and then it it lands. There's like a weird animation bug, which I think is maybe the I think it's like the worst animation bug we see this episode. But it, and I saw that, and I was like, "Oh no, is this going to be like the last episode where it looks so incredibly unfinished?" Oh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. That was so funny. Yeah, like half the episode happened at different times and referred to things that weren't there. 
Ah, yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, this one seemed a lot cleaner. I mean, there was a lot of, like, facial expressions that were pretty weird, but that's sort of part <laughs> of the course with Scooby-Doo. Yeah. This plane lands, and then the doors on the plane open, and a car drives out. Yeah. Fred thinks it's a fishy plane, and he's like, oh, a mystery, let's go see what's going on. So, they go to sea. Yeah. Some guys drive out of the plane, um, and the gang's like, yes, let's follow. They come across a spooky house. Yeah, it's just a spooky house, you know? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they see the guys go in and then come out, and then they do what they, like, always do, which is immediately decide to break and enter. <laughs> They're like, this could just be any sort of conventional, normal enterprise. Unless in this apocalyptic wasteland, there is no legitimate enterprise anymore. And that it's might all be criminal. the case, but then, but then why are they policing it, you know? Well, there's still, like, some sort of weird semblance of law. It's just very, yeah. very hard to police. So you have to have these specific mystery solvers solving the mysteries. Mm. Yeah, they enter this uh, this creepy house and they notice that everything is, like, strapped to the floor and everything else is, like, nailed to the floor. And yeah. this is just a fun detail that's seeded very early on, which I thought was very impressive for Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, this this one has, like... I would say, like, an actually compelling plot. I don't know if compelling is the right word. It has a plot. It has twists. It has <laughs> yeah. turns. It has, like, a mystery thing where you are you are given all the clues to I work mean, it out, sort of. I mean, it's very obvious who the villain is. Oh, incredibly, yeah. But, like, I think if you were six, this would be like, wow. Yeah, you could solve it and you might be proud of yourself. You'd be like, oh, I thought that was probably true. Yeah, and and it's weird for Scooby Doo to even even do something like that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm impressed. The door opens, and then shadows appear in the doorway, and the shadows are Batman and Robin. And Fred's like, "Oh, it's Batman and Robin." So that just cool. It just raises like so many questions. <laughs> I so know the implications. Batman and Robin are real in the Scooby Doo universe, which means that Superman is also real. Yeah. They mentioned Gotham, so there is cities in this world that we've just yeah. never seen. And they're close by to Gotham? Yeah, that's the other thing that, like, really, I was just like, hang on a second, because it's so, it's so rare that we get a location. And I, it's, I think, a lot of fun trying to figure out where they are. But just having them be like, yeah, we're, we're right next to Gotham, which is, like, basically fantasy Chicago, kind of, sort yes. of. Yes. Yeah. Which I thought was a way more north than this is supposed to be. Like, this feels like Florida, New Orleans, sort of south, right? Yeah, because it's sort of swampy all the time. Yeah, I don't imagine Gotham being close to a swamp, really. No. It's like dark Illinois. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, the entire the entire ecosystem of the United States in this universe has drastically changed. So maybe it is... In the yeah, north. there's just like so much more swamp than there used to be. Yeah, most of the United States is now a swamp. Half of it is swamp and half of it is desert. We know this. Um... <laughs> we know this. It is known. We know it is known. Um, yeah, I put. Do they know them? They don't. They don't <laughs> seem to be like unfamiliar with each other. Yeah, they're just like, oh, hey, mystery children, and it's like, okay cool and i was like huh robin sounds exactly like shaggy <laughs> weird yeah very weird almost like he has an identical voice which is actually quite confusing sometimes i would glance down and i'd be like who is talking yeah exactly they hear 
they're, they're like investigating, they're starting to investigate this crate that's in the house that the men put there, but then they hear somebody upstairs, and so everybody, like, actually, they don't hide. They just stand there. No, and they're this just old like, oh. woman, yeah, and this old woman comes onto the upstairs landing and is like, who's there? And they're all like, I'm sorry, mum, for coming into your house. We saw men come in here and thought we would too, I guess. <laughs> we're like, they seemed suspicious entering a house. So we were like, oh, we will also break and enter this house. And she's like, old men? Oh, oh, men? No, that's terrible. Her name is Mrs. Baker. Imagine just coming downstairs and Batman's there. <laughs> It's like specifically <laughs> Batman. She doesn't seem that freaked out either. No, she's fine. Do people have like a different concept of what property means? Oh, for sure. Because the gang break in 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 like every single episode, <laughs> and no one seems to mind, and she doesn't seem to mind. If you're under a certain age, you're allowed to break and enter legally. <laughs> it's part of their child protection laws. Is like if you are under eighteen, you're allowed to hide in any house at any time. But Batman's not under eighteen. No, but I guess Robin is, and he's with Robin, so it's fine. <laughs> so if you're supervising someone who's under eighteen, you can break and enter. Yeah, well, because they're they're obviously like the priority, you know, and you want to look after them, so you're also allowed to break and enter if you are with a child. Okay, that makes sense. That's like supervision. I understand that. It's like at concerts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Batman opens the chest, and inside uh, is a punch clown. <laughs> I, I saw the clown, and I was like, "Oh man, Charlotte's going to be loving this episode." I, I love, I love this punch clown. Um, Batman says it is an amusing toy, <laughs> which I agreed with. It is an amusing toy. The way Batman <laughs> says things in the episode, it's so episode, good. It's, it's so like it really tickles me. Like it's he's just saying stuff, but yes, it's like. It's just comedically perfectly timed. He's like a harlequin. What an amusing toy. <laughs> He's just he just doesn't I don't know, it's the way he reacts to everything. It's just like very specific and yeah. Very funny. Cuz also I mean we don't get a lot of facial expression from the other characters, but the fact that he is wearing a mask and you kind of can tell even less. Yeah. Amazing stuff. He's he's very he's very blocky and he has a very square face and like his mouth moves but it mostly moves in the same way. Yeah, I like it a lot. That this really made me laugh. It's really good. Scooby punches the toy and he eats shit because it hits him again and everyone laughs because they love it when Scooby's in pain. I felt for this entire episode, it was almost like Scooby was in some sort of trouble. And they weren't sure if they wanted him in the gang. And then the the last conclusion was, okay, we'll let you stay. Yeah, there's some weird Scooby stuff in this episode that I think I'm going to mention in a later section. I think you might know what I mean about what he is to the gang. But I think... (laughs) Yes! No, I know the exact section that you're talking about. (laughs) Yes, so Scooby punches it even harder and it falls over and the head falls off and it's full of money. Full of fake money. Yeah. Because Bat- Batman picks up a dollar and he's like, ah, this is fake. And they're like, how do you know it's fake? And he's like, Abraham Lincoln never wore a turtleneck. <laughs> and just the picture of Abraham Lincoln is wearing a turtleneck. It's very funny. It's a really good joke because it suddenly cuts to the money and you see it. And it's the sort of like um, naked gun style joke that is actually pretty good. I was was impressed. I was like, that's a good joke. I laughed out loud. Yeah, me too. They immediately blame it on foreigners. 
Yes, they said, ah, oh, foreigners are bringing in counterfeit money. And it's like, mm-hmm, which foreigners? Is there is there much point of doing counterfeit money for a different country? Um, I don't really understand, like, money laundering and counterfeiting enough to understand the, like, best ways to do it. But as far as I understand, isn't it just easier to do your own currency? Yeah, well, money laundering is when you have illegal money and you have to make it look like it's legitimate. Yeah. Like in Riverdale. Yes, exactly. Just like in Riverdale, our favourite show. Um, which I need to catch up on. I'm quite, I'm quite yeah, far behind. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how counterfeiting would work, because I guess you se- you can sell counterfeit bills for obviously less than the fake worth of them, but more than their production costs. You know, but, make I mean, a profit you, you that can way. also just you can also just buy things with them. Yeah, but it might be Depen- hard. It if... depends on it depends on the buyer. It was probably a lot. I mean, obviously these are not very good counterfeits, but I think it was probably easier in the seventies, like money checking technology. Now, like I remember at work, we have to UV scan every single note we get handed. Every one. Every single one. Yeah, they have all these like light up symbols when you put them under a UV. Yeah. That's wild, because when I worked, mm-hmm. we only ever had to check 50s, like anything below that, and we were like, yeah, whatever. We do not even accept 50s. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people don't now, I think. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. They start, like, looking around for some clues, and Velma finds some tracks, and the old lady, Miss Baker, is just there, like, oh, they lead to the old autos. The auto junkyard next to the cemetery. Which yeah, which is incredibly good. suspicious. This old lady, I was like, okay, it's gonna be her. Because she's just being incredibly suspicious and she's like, go to the haunted place. She's like, oh, I think you'll find that where all the dead people are buried and all the abandoned cars are. Yeah. Nice. And Ro- Robin's like, I'm not afraid of ghosts. So, you know, <laughs> he's brave. Yeah. He's also half naked. Yes, so the thing about Robin in this episode <laughs> is that he's wearing the traditional Robin garb, which is very small underpants and nothing on his legs. So he's just <laughs> running around bare-legged in nothing but his pants. It caught me out so many times. It's very alarming. Yeah, I just kept thinking, like, oh, he's like naked-naked. And obviously he's not, but like... I mean, because I think in later cartoons and stuff, they give him like green tights. Yeah, he, he gets longer shorts, I think. But this is his, like, traditional stuff. Did you ever watch the Star Kid Holy Musical Batman? No. Okay, because in that, he wears this costume, um, and it's a lot. I think a real person wearing that would... They're just quite tight. It, it just makes me think of, like, male ballet dancers. Yes, well, he is kind of like a male ballet dancer. You know, he's, a, he's an acrobat, traditionally. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Just like Shaggy. Yeah, just like Shaggy. <laughs> um, very suspicious. I think that Shaggy and Robin are, in fact, the same person. <laughs> I wonder if we were to rewatch the episode, are they ever in the same frame? Unfortunately, I think so, but I'm just gonna <laughs> chalk that up to projection. Yeah, a wizard did that. Yeah, well, it was phosphorus and projection, Lucy. That's just you know, that's yeah. how it works. <laughs> they get the the next. See, this is another thing that like unintentionally really made me laugh because they head off, and then it's like a jump cut. all of them stood in this abandoned car junkyard and Fred is like this is the place alright and I'm like it's just just, yeah (laughs) the comedic beat is so funny because it's just like how long were you guys stood there looking around (laughs) like yeah I think this might be it yeah they follow these footprints that they find that just go over a car um, and they lead down into this pit and there's a very funny line where Batman looks down at it and goes yes it's dark down there (laughs) 
and and Robin's like, I will light it with the bat light. So he goes to climb up a crane, and they're like, they're at the gang are below them, and they're like, who's that on the crane? Suspicious. We should get the dynamic duo on it. And it's like, it's literally Robin. Chill out. It's part. It's one half of the dynamic duo. He said he was gonna do this. Yeah. Um, another thing that they, they show us is Batman points to this like square pit in the ground and he's like, ah, he, it's like a car compactor. And I was yes. thinking like, ooh, we've introduced some peril. Yes. <laughs> any any movie with a car compactor uses the car compactor as threat. Yeah, it's like Chekhov's car compactor. If you, if you show someone a car compactor in the first 15 minutes, then in minute 20, there will be a car in the car compactor. <laughs> And someone will narrowly avoid being crushed, which is quite yeah. severe, really. Um, when it comes to yeah. mild peril, it's pretty major, major peril. Yeah, the stakes are pretty high for a, a getting crushed in a car compactor. Shaggy and Scooby are like walking around being frightened and they see um, a hooded person with green eyes, kind of cute, um, running around a little bit sneaky. And the pers- like the hooded figure is wearing the exact same colours that Mrs. Baker was wearing in the previous scene. Yeah. Interesting. It must be misdirection. It's misdirection. Purple is very common. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> they once again point to Robin, who's on the crane, and he's running really fast on this crane. Um, and they're like, someone's up there! And Fred says, cool it, Daphne, it's the boy wonder. Yeah, cool it, Daphne. <laughs> At least he didn't make a sexist joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, this is where Shaggy and Scooby get spooked out by the figure. So they like yes. run and hide into a scrap car. And then the figure runs off and starts to also climb into the crane that mm-hmm. Robin is on. And then uses the crane to pick up the car Shaggy and Scooby are in. Yes. And try and put it in the car compactor. This is very funny because Batman puts his grappling hook on the car and is like, slide down the line. And it's like, that's terrifying. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> you just like slide down some rope some guy's giving you and completely de-glove your hands. <laughs> exactly. But then Fred has a brilliant line where he does like a Fred deduction. He's pretty sharp in this episode. Yeah. Um, Fred's he, on it for once. He's like, Robin's there. Batman's there. Fred and... I'm here. Scooby <laughs> <laughs> and Shaggy are in the car. Then who's driving the crane? And he literally says that and like runs to the crane to try and like fight whoever's driving the crane. Which I think is the bravest we've ever seen Fred be. Yeah, that's a very bold move for Fred. Yeah. Is this character development? Maybe. Maybe he's upset from last week because he was being a dickhead the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, he basically, he tries to fight this guy in the crane. But the person in the crane escapes and um, Robin and Batman (laughs) go to pull out the villain. But the villains put like a hood on Fred and they start fighting Fred. Um, and they get the hood off him, and he's like, "I was trying to, I was trying to get the guy, and then um, there was a he- there was a hood on my head, and then Batman and Robin were trying to tear me apart." See, I'd be more mad in that situation. Yeah, these are like, I mean, I still, I guess Robin is supposed to be a child, but like, <laughs> this is a grown man trying to like <laughs> rip you apart because he can't tell that you're wearing the same exact clothes that Fred was wearing earlier, and you just have a hood on your head. He, yeah, he's like a. Stacked adult beating on a sixteen-year-old <laughs> boy. Yeah, uh-huh. cowardice, Batman. We find out that the house has disappeared mysteriously, and not only that, but the Batmobile has also gone. Yeah, but don't worry because Batman and Robin assure us that it has a bat tracker in it, so they can they can figure out where the car is. Yes. 
Also, they are concerned about the house disappearing. They're like, there was a house here. And now there's not a house here. What's going on? And Shaggy's like, why was everything nailed down? That's weird. And Robin's like, amazing, there must be an explanation. And Bat is, <laughs> Batman is like, yes, group hypnosis. <laughs> I, I mean, if the Riddler is real, I guess group hypnosis, like, is also real. Is that what he does? Sort of, yeah. I thought he just, like, told riddles. He does do riddles, but he can also do some mind control. At least he can in the Lego game, and I, I have to assume <laughs> that's based off his actual superpowers. Yeah. Okay. I, I, okay, fine. I will not make fun of Batman for his really stupid theory of group hypnosis. I think it's a stupid theory still, but... You see, this did trick me, because I was like, the house is on wheels. Yeah, that's, I think, what I was thinking, because we've seen houses on wheels before. Yeah. I was like, it's got legs, or it's on wheels, you know, it's just moving around. And that's Mm. not true, but better than group hypnosis. Okay, tell me about the Batmobile. Okay, so the Batmobile has a tracker in it, but to, like, access the tracker, Batman and Robin are like, we have to go to the Batcave. Um, And they're like, but you guys can't come because it's in a secret location. And Daphne says, we don't mind being blindfolded. Like, yeah, she's very eager. <laughs> she's really eager to be blindfolded and taken to a secondary location. She really is. She's like, please, please kidnap me, Batman and Robin. And it's like, what separates Batman and Robin from literally anybody else wearing a mask? Yeah, like anyone else who they've gone up against. They're literally the same, except yeah. they're apparently on the good side. Exactly. So <laughs> Who decides? They're vigilantes. Yeah, I personally would be like, well, we'll wait at the malt shop or whatever and you guys can fi- find out like where it is and then come and like get us. But they want to show us the Batcave, that's fine. Daphne goes straight to being blindfolded. It's what she wants, to be honest. <laughs> Scoob's trying to get away with not being blindfolded, but they're like, it's not the dynamic trio and they put a blindfold on him, which I thought was harsh. <laughs> He's a dog, who's he going to tell? Exactly. I mean, I guess he can talk, but, you know. We're informed that there's bat bat milk and cookies for everyone, and Shaggy's like, bat milk? (laughs) I agree with Shaggy on this one. I don't like the sounds of that. Yeah, why do they make everything bat-themed, you know? There's a lot of effort gone into, like, theming for these two. How much time do they spend, like, finding bat-shaped cookie cutters? Like, a lot more time than they spent on anything in the Three Stooges episode. (laughs) Just on just on character design, they spent so much more. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. It's really good. the The Bat Cave is like, I mean, it's just a cave. I do remember what the old show was like, and it's pretty similar. But the they like track the car, and it it's at the Batman and Robin like museum exhibit, it's... which is apparently in a fun park. Yeah, there is. <laughs> There are so many questions about this because it's in Gotham, apparently. But, like, first of all, why do they have their own exhibition? Second of all, why is it in a fun park? Three, why is it at all the way it is when we get there? Yeah. (laughs) I know. Is it just, like, next to a haunted house? Or is the haunted house part of the Batman exhibit? It's it's next to it. Okay. Like, they, they... But they parked it outside the exhibit so that people would think it was a prop but 
I have to assume that everything in the exhibit was like donated and so none of it's props. I don't like what is the society where Batman and Robin are just like normal people who solve crimes but also venerated enough to have a museum exhibit in a fun park of all places. And I, I guess this one. I <laughs> I don't know. It's like a it's like having a theme park but about real people. Yeah. It's like, oh this is the Margaret Thatcher roller coaster. <laughs> It goes up really far and then it goes down so hard it just crashes at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it starts in a coal mine and then you go out. <laughs> you go out and then you're pepper sprayed as you get to the bottom. <laughs> Conservatives love it. Conservatives are like, ah, this makes me feel punished, but in like a saucy way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like conservative sadomasochism. Uh huh, exactly. Consensual <laughs> neoliberalism. <laughs> so, uh, there's another part in this scene where Shaggy and Scooby are like, oh, we're shit at finding clues, which, mm-hmm. that's untrue. That's not true. But they are lying. That's true. They just don't want to go in the haunted house. Oh, yeah, because, sorry. They arrive at the fun park, they get outside the Batman and Robin exhibition, and they look over at the haunted house, and the Joker and the Penguin are inside just, looking down at them and laughing. They're just looking out the window. It's so funny. I was like, is this a costume or something? But no, it's just them. They're just in there. Yeah, I originally thought like, oh, this is going to be somebody dressed up as the Joker and the Penguin. But no, it's them. I mean, I don't know why I thought that. We've already been like shown that Batman's real. Yeah, because it's seated. Because it's the Batman and Robert exhibition. So you're like, you're going to be like, oh, they're going to have like, villain costumes or something and that they could be yeah. wearing but it's just them and also <laughs> just the beginning, like the two guys who dropped off the crate at miss baker's house yeah they like, were in guys. the car in the plane so it's like i thought it would be them but i i like that it's the joker and the penguin i think that's fun i have a theory about this bit okay which is that for this entire extensive section in the haunted house um joker and penguin are just the scooby-doo writers <laughs> Um, well, you're you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right because love- they they're like, oh, we'll have like a bit where they fall down a hole. Ooh, let's let a ghost come out the wall, and they're pressing all these buttons and pulling all these levers. And I'm like, this is just what the Scooby Doo writers do when they want an extended spooky scene with like physical comedy. Fuck, you're so right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I hadn't even thought of it like that, but it is true. Hmm. Uh- yeah, so we see the Penguin and the Joker, and Batman's like, oh no, they've teamed up, which is nice. They're just, like, hanging out. Yeah, do you think there's a villain convention? Like, I, I mean, in this universe, probably. Yeah. Joker calls Penguin his web-footed friend, which I just thought was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've, written it, I've written in my notes, oh, fuck, it's Jared Leto. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I, I do want to comment on this bit. I've also written, Batman sucks neolib ass. Like, because he says... <laughs> He says to the mystery gang, like, don't go in the haunted house, let the professionals handle this. And I'm like, in what way is Batman a professional? Yeah. He's He's just another. They're just all vigilantes. Like, everyone here is a vigilante. He just is, like, has more muscle and money, I guess. Because it's not like they can even be like, oh, we have cool equipment and a cool car. Because the mystery gang also has a really cool car. A cooler car, even. Mm-hmm. 
And like, what crimes can they actually pin on the Joker and the Penguin at this point? I guess maybe that they stole the mis- like stole the uh, Batmobile, but they don't have proof. The Batmobile's just there. Exactly. We don't even we don't see any evidence of the Joker and the Penguin taking it. Yeah. I mean, they are laughing out a window, but <laughs> I mean, it's a fr- you can do that. I could do that. I could do that now. <laughs> yeah, and that <laughs> doesn't illegal. mean you stole anything. Exactly. Fuck Batman. Um, it's perfectly legal to laugh at a window at teenagers. Yeah, I think it's actually required. Not only is it legal, it's necessary. <laughs> the Joker has a line here where he's like, ah, oh, they have come to hunt us. Will they hunt... Wait, he, so- he sort of talks like Sean Connery. He's like, will they hunt us? We something them. And I have no idea what the word he says here is. Haunt. Haunt. Yeah, I listened so to it three times and I couldn't figure out what he was saying. I think I be- I'm benefiting from DVD quality audio. Yeah. Because I do remember watching those old episodes on like Daily Motion and just there's some audio that is just completely incomprehensible. Yes. Yeah, so Batman and Robin go in to get them and they're watching Batman and Robin on CCTV and like doing all the haunted house effects, which are very elaborate for like a funfair haunted house. And I think dangerous. Yeah, there's a bit where like a, a ghost pops out of them and Batman's like rational skeptic and he takes the sheet off it and it's like this sharp wire frame. <laughs> and like if that hit you, that would just fucking hurt. Um, <laughs> I did note here that they're, they're pressing all these spooky sound effect buttons and one of them is the space kook. Is it? Yeah, well, the button isn't, but the noise, it goes, it does like the <laughs> noise that the space kook always does. Oh, that's so good. Easter yeah. egg. I was like, oh, I get it. Um, <laughs> there's a there's another thing in this episode that I thought might be a, a, like a little bit of a callback to the previous season, which was like at the end where they're in the warehouse and there's like the heads. Um, one of them's an ape head, and I was just like, hmm, the never ape an ape man episode. But it was it could also never just be ape a, an ape man. Yeah, yeah, could just be an ape. Could just be an ape head. Um, Batman and Robin are like very nervous about this spooky house. They're all very worried about this haunted house, but it's literally a haunted house. So, yeah, like a, like a theme park haunted house. Um, Batman goes, "These aren't the noises of ghosts. They are just recordings by talented professional thespians." Yeah, I loved that. <laughs> do you think? Do you think this is another thing where they're like shouting out the voice actors? I don't know, but I hope so. It's just, it's very funny. There's a lot of like names that they use in this section that are very funny. I didn't write all of them down, but a lot of them are just very good. It's just the way he says things is just like really quite entertaining in a very subtle way, but just, yeah, it's good. The Joker is jamming his hands on the ghouls button. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Um. (laughs) I wrote Batman says, stay loose, Robin, which I just thought was fun. You can start saying that to me. Hey, Lucy, stay loose. This is the bit that I, cause, I mean, I put this on the Twitter, but it cuts back to um, <laughs> the Penguin and the Joker, and they have one of those um, punching clowns out again, and the bottom yep. of it is open, and the Penguin <laughs> is just shoving handfuls of money through the bottom of this clown, and it's just like visually so compelling. It's like. <laughs> Made me a bit hot and bothered. I'll I'll tell you that. <laughs> felt felt jealous of the clown. Um, <laughs> it's really good. Uh, uh, I wrote. I I wish Christopher Nolan's Batman was like this. It should have been. I think. I don't know. I I have a like 
lasting goodwill towards the Dark Knight because I liked it at the time, but I think Batman and really all superheroes are at their best when it's just camp. Like, it's not yeah, that it's serious, fam. He dresses up as a bat. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a man who dresses like a bat. That's not, like, edgy, you know? He's just a bat dude. I like the George Clooney ones. Yeah. <laughs> Where they've got, like, Mis- Mr. Freeze going, what's killed the dinosaurs? The Ice the Age. Age. <laughs> Like, amazing stuff. Who who came up with that? It's just... Because this is all just, like, the Joker and the Penguin doing all these, like, non-lethal traps. Um, and them just being like, we'll get you. It's just, like, a fun game, you know? Yeah. Just, it's... like, friends hanging out. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of the, like, oh, Batman and, and the Joker are... They have to coexist. And this is them coexisting. Yeah, they're just having fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a locked door and Batman's like I wonder what's behind the door and the Joker is like speaking through a speak and he's like I'm in the room the Joker the clown prince of crime Um, (laughs) and Batman's like hmm this is convincing to me yeah he's like he's definitely in there and he would tell me I know one thing about the Joker is that he's honest yeah so they like rush the door the door opens and they fall down like an incredibly long pit but it's okay because they land in a they land on a bunch of those like punching clowns which are soft and inflatable. Yeah, which luckily like stops their fall because they fall a long way. Yeah, like I'm so bad at like measuring distance. Actually, I don't know if I could estimate the depth of this pit. But you couldn't climb out. Like it's, it's no. like an oubliette. <laughs> yes, yes, it is an oubliette. Which is why is that in a haunted house? <laughs> is my question. It's it's for the naughty the naughty customers go in the oubliette. <laughs> <laughs> the Joker then proceeds to underestimate the mystery gang because he's like, yeah. oh, they'll, they'll never get us. But they start investigating the house. The Joker's telling more jokes. Yeah, he keeps telling jokes. The Penguin calls him a rakish rogue, so I put they're just boyfriends. <laughs> well, yeah, they're like, um, you know, the like trope of having like one person in the couple wears black and white and the other one wears loads of colour. Yeah. Goth BF, um, scene BF. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's good. I just think it's, yeah, it's very funny. Fred's like, I have a feeling that Batman's in trouble. Shaggy's like, I can't go in, I'm allergic to ghosts. And Scooby's like, I don't want to go in either. And then they do the whole, will you do it for two Scooby snacks? Will you do it for three Scooby snacks? And Scooby's like, yeah, I'll do it for three Scooby snacks. And and then it cuts to them inside. And Shaggy's like, why am I in here? I didn't get any Scooby snacks. (laughs) And it's like, why are you in here? You could have just stayed outside. Um, He's like, I want there to be shaggy snacks. And I'm like, I think it's yes! human human food, man. <laughs> it's just normal food. Snacks. You just call them snacks, man. It's it's gotta be it's gotta be just crisps. I don't know. The penguin informs us that those foolhardy fledglings are entering this edifying edifice. Man pulled out his thesaurus for that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. And then um, they they've just pranked the gang for like. Five, yeah. ten minutes. Both the penguin and the joker go fun time. <laughs> they say the words, it's fun time, and then they just have a lot of fun. They're like, you've been pranked by the prank patrol. Um, uh-huh, literally. The gang, the gang just keeps running through this house and getting spooked by stuff. And there's this, like, fish man that comes out of the wall, and Daphne's like, hold my hand, Velma. And they're both looking the other way, so Velma and Daphne both hold hands with a fish man. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like... 
It's nice that they were going to hold hands, but it's also nice that they hold hands with the fish man. Everything in that scene was good to me. Just lovely, yeah. Um, I... So... Hmm. Okay. <laughs> is this a skeleton scene? Yeah, it is. So the Joker and the Penguin <laughs> put on, like, skeleton outfits, like, skeleton suits, and then... They go out to spook the gang, but it doesn't really work. No. I think Shaggy's the only one who gets, like, slightly freaked out, and then Fred, Velma, and Daphne have said they're like, okay. Well, they're just, like, black suits with, like, bones painted on them. <laughs> yeah. They don't look like skeletons, and the gang doesn't think that they look like skeletons either. Yeah, but they're like, oh, this is the chase scene, so I guess we're gonna run away. <laughs> yeah, Velma and Daphne are like, those can't be skeletons, but just in case they are, let's run. And Fred's like, well, actually, if you listen to... And then they just pull him away with them. Yeah, he's just, like, flying as they hold on to, like, his shirt. It's because um, I think Daphne and Velma can, like, bench 400 pounds each. I think so. Velma has a very funny line where she goes, more mechanical junk, kid stuff. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty cutting. She really owns them. Yeah. Suddenly, Scooby's like, oh, bones, I'm going to fucking eat these guys, and then chases them. And they're, like, suddenly terrified, because this dog is just going to bite the shit out of them. Yeah, like, the answer to what the gang would do if they got the monster is um, cannibalism. Or I guess not cannibalism, because Scooby's a dog. (laughs) Murder. Murder. (laughs) Human flesh consumed by Scooby-Doo. Um... Eater of bones, which he could do to literally any of the any of the monsters. So we know this now. Yeah. The villains also fall down into the Batman and Robin oubliette with the clowns. Yeah. Um <laughs> Okay, but while they're down in the pit, I've gotta I've gotta bring up this perfect Batman line. Okay. Um, which is where the Joker keeps trying to climb out of the oubliette and um Batman says, How amusing! The clown prince of crime is now the crown prince of climb. (laughs) Get his ass. It's so fucking dumb. I love it so much. But yeah, he says it's against the law to pass illegal tender. And they're like, oh, what is that? And he's like, counterfeit money. (laughs) They're like, we're children. Um... (laughs) And they're they're fives and tens, which I think is very funny. Yeah, with famous dollars that you want to be counterfeiting, like, really low denominations. Mm-hmm. But I, like, this is a scene where I put, like, fuck cops in my notes, because obviously, but I'm just like, <laughs> hey, Batman. Because he calls up, like, Gotham P- like PD, and he gets the detectives to take him away. Yeah. And I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah. You know? Because they admit, they're like, yeah, we're not, we're not running the counterfeit business, we just, like... People just keep giving them to us, so we have them. Yeah, so they're not, like, running it. And, like, they're just guys dressing up. They're just pranksters, you know? <laughs> they're just like, hanging out. Is it a crime to be a prankster? I mean, it is in this world. All these monsters they fight are just fun pranksters that they keep ruining the fun of. So it's like, why even take them away? I don't know. I, I say I mean... let them let them carry on. Yeah, I think just leave them in the haunted house. They seem to be having a great time. They've probably run it really efficiently for the public. Oh, we forgot the very extended scene of Scooby and Shaggy running on a treadmill. That's fine. (laughs) They... It goes on for, like, 15 minutes. That's the thing with these episodes, because even though I enjoyed this, you could have cut, like... Yes. You could cut it down to half an hour, and it would have been, like, just as good, I think. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) cut all the extra chasey stuff, like, that happens all the time yeah the thing 
<laughs> the thing about extending it to 40 minutes is it does seem like they're just putting in more chases, which is not what I want from Scooby-Doo. No, I want less chases. I don't mind the chases when they have, like, fun music in the background, but these ones don't tend to. Yeah. And they also, these chase scenes, like, the one at the end of this episode does feel like it goes on for 10 minutes, which... Mm, yes. You know, it's it's too long. It was I, too that's long. That's too long in an action movie. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely too long in a Scooby-Doo episode. You need to take that time that you're using for chase sequences and use it to develop um, the friendship of Batman and Robin. Yeah, 100%. I want to learn more about what they do, um, what they're about. It's like the whole section in the Batcave. That was a completely pointless scene. Yeah, they could have just had like a handheld device that yes. showed them where the Batmobile was. I think they just wanted to... They wanted to talk about bat milk. <laughs> they wanted to blindfold Daphne. <laughs> that was the only reason. <laughs> Penguin and Joker, they're like, no, we're not really involved. People just, like, put money under our, um... It said, like, doormat, which implies they live together, which is very funny. Husbands. And I, like... <laughs> I would love to watch um, just the daily adventures of Penguin and Joker living together and being boyfriends. I think that would be nice. Yeah, me too. Robin's like, who smuggled it then? The Riddler? Which I guess... I guess. It would be really funny if, like, l- like half an hour into the episode they just... We're like, yeah, the Riddler's here too. He's the actual mastermind. It's like, oh, well, that would explain the group hypnosis. Um, <laughs> and they were like, huh. They're like, okay, well, how, what was the crate doing at Miss Baker's house then? And they're like, all right, that's pretty sus. So they leave the fair and go back to the house and it's back. Yes. The house has like reappeared. Is it the, There's very funny lines where they keep saying, hmm, maybe if we look inside, we'll find the man we're looking for. Um, yeah, I've written women can commit crimes too. <laughs> I know, they keep saying it all the time, which I think is supposed to be misdirection, but it's just incredibly funny. Yeah, I think it makes it more obvious. Yeah, Maybe definitely. not the first time, but the fourth time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they break and enter again. Yeah. Scooby and Shaggy don't want to go in. They say they'll watch the cars, and the other the other guys are like, yeah, sure, whatever. The smug trio go in through one entrance, um, Batman and Robin go in the other entrance. We can't find anyone um, or anything. Scooby and Shaggy get freaked out because there's an owl. And I don't know why they're always so afraid of owls. They're just owls. I mean, maybe owls are worse in this timeline. Oh, I guess. I guess animals fucking hate Scooby in this. So yeah, maybe that's why. They briefly encounter a hare that scares the shit out of them. Yeah, which again, animals hate Scooby because they know he's wrong. Um, there's a... They know he's a god. Yeah, exactly. They're like, he's a dog, but he can talk. I was thinking about this as I was watching this, which is, would it be worse for Scooby to have a relationship with a human or with a dog that's, like, not conscious? It's better if he has a relationship with a dog that's not conscious. Because then it's, like, it's weird, but it's not bestiality. But the whole problem of bestiality, like the main the main issue, is that an animal can't give consent, right? Um, I guess. I mean, that's the that's like the main thing about it is that an animal is an animal and it can't give consent. Whereas if sh- <laughs> if Scooby is a dog and he's like having a relationship with another dog, that's like a human in the body of an animal having a relationship with an animal, and it's still an animal. But Scooby's, like, got the brain of a human. Because this happens in Mystery Incorporated. Yeah. And I didn't like it then. I don't think it's... I don't know. 
I think he just can't have a relationship. I think he's just too wrong. I think, yeah, I think Scooby is is too almost eldritch Mm. (laughs) for him to interact with anybody out, Uh, you know, in a Canonically, Canonically, within the world of Mystery Incorporated, we know he's um, the reincarnation of an Anunnaki spirit um, in the body of a dog. Which yeah. technically, I guess he could have a relationship with another Anunnaki spirit, say Mister <laughs> Professor Pericles. Um, but but then you then you get into muddy waters of that's like a dog body and a bird body. Yeah, and it's it's a bit complicated. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be Scooby Doo. I think no. I think he's a bad life. Yeah, it's like you can never really be part of either world. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because like. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Um, um, so Scooby jumps and holds onto the branch of a tree, and it turns out to be a hinge. And um, Shaggy's like, huh, Mother Nature really goofed there. There's like a hinge in this tree. Um, <laughs> um, the hinge flips the house. Yeah. yeah. He falls on the branch, and the house turns over, and there's like grass on the other side, which is pretty cool. It's a hell of a system. <laughs> yeah, I the mechanics... And the, like, engineering involved in that amazing stuff. But that's why all the furniture was nailed down. So that that's your, like, clue. Mm. And um, Batman and Robin are like, what's outside the house now that we're upside down? And it's, like, this huge underground cavern. Yeah, so what's the purpose of just having a house that flips upside down? It seems like a lot of work. <laughs> I think it's it's probably, like, a lot of work. But think of the dinner parties. The upside down dinner parties? Yeah, I think it would be like the like that's the best party trick you can do. Is like flip your entire house upside down. Yeah, it's like drinking someone under the table, but instead you are <laughs> drinking them, <laughs> turning the tables, onto the table, turning the tables on them for for sure. <laughs> it's like you know when you're making meringue and you turn the bowl upside down to show that the egg whites aren't going to fall out because they're so thick. Yeah. It's like that, but with all the food you've made, you turn the whole entire house upside down and you're like, look how thick my food is. It's not coming off your plate. <laughs> you have to you have to keep all of your food and all of your drinks in bottles and like Tupperware. You just have to keep the food nailed down. Yeah. So it's it's impractical, but it would impress people. Yeah, they'd be like, wow, you've just got a whole layer here. That's interesting. (laughs) So tell me about your hobbies. You know, I'm just, I couldn't help but notice that you're in a big layer. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I've seen Scooby-Doo episodes. I've seen James Bond. This to me looks like a villain's lair. How's your weekend? (laughs) Yeah, pry into your private business, but there's some like evil mastermindy decor going on in this house that like, I just this led me to the conclusion that you could be some sort of criminal mastermind. They're like, why is everything covered in phosphorus? <laughs> everything glows in this house. Is this a design choice or is it for other reasons? <laughs> the gang keeps getting flipped. Because Batman <laughs> and Robin flipped like a pancake, yes. Yeah, Batman and Robin like get out of the cavern and then they find a, a switch. And Scooby and Shaggy already flip it, so Batman and Robin are trapped in the cabin, but then they flip it back down again <laughs> when Scooby and Shaggy are in the house, so now the entire gang is upside down in the cabin. Yeah, and Velma's like, whoever is doing this is seriously unbalanced. <laughs> but um, <laughs> The gang just keeps going up and down, yeah. Yeah, so, they're in... They climb into a hatch in the ceiling, 
And now they're in a weird warehouse, like, in the cavern. No explanation for this. Never no, explained. Never explained. I don't know why it's like, it's like a, it's like a toy warehouse. It has lots of the clowns again, and it has, like, toys and jack-in-the-boxes, and partly I think all of that's there for, like, set dressing, and it just makes the, like, chase scene that lasts ten minutes here a bit more, like, quote-unquote interesting, but I think... I mean, we never get that much motivation, so I feel like this is a hint towards, like, the backstory of the actual villain. Yeah. It's never explicitly mentioned. But it is possible that the secret evil mastermind behind everything is like a failed toy maker who had to had to move to counterfeiting in order to make a living, you know? That could be it. It's the only it's the only thing that makes sense to me. I can't figure out this bit. Yeah, I don't get what the villain's motivation is. Welcome to my underground warehouse that you have to access by flipping my house. <laughs> It's, it's just incredibly impractical. There's nothing illegal going on down here. Why is it necessary? But also, you don't... I don't think there's... I mean, we didn't see it, but there doesn't seem to be a way to flip the house from inside the house. Yeah. So, house... Huh. Hmm. I guess you... It, does it flip slowly enough that you can, like, run? But it seems incredibly impractical. There might be a secret switch somewhere. Maybe. Why is there so many external ones? I don't think you'd want ones that are external. No, because then anybody could just grab it. Which they do. It's a re- it's a real thinker, this one. I- <laughs> yeah. A lot of mystery in this episode. Again, I'm yeah. not saying they just put things in at random for the service of physical comedy, <laughs> but sometimes, if you were to be extremely ungenerous, you might think that. Only if you were going to be ungenerous, though. Which I'm not. I'm incredibly generous, so... Yeah, so they end up in the ceiling of this place, and... There's, like, loads of toys, and someone set off a mechanical dog. So this is the scene that we've been (laughs) alluding to, because the toy dog starts barking, and then the gang is like, will somebody shut Scooby up? And then Daphne muzzles him. Yeah, so she just, like, fucking ties a handkerchief around his mouth to prevent him from barking. They don't say, hey, Scoob. Are you barking? They say, Scoob, stop barking. Why are you barking? We don't believe you that you say you're not barking. <laughs> They're like, we're just gonna we're just gonna muzzle you like an animal. Like a dumb animal. Yeah, and it's like it's another thing where it's like, what is Scooby to the gang? Is he a pet or is he a friend? Can he be both? I don't think he can be both. Because yeah. I you know, if I was like annoyed that one of my friends was being loud one of my options is not muzzle them you can't just like stick a bull gag in them you know (laughs) it's like not appropriate no it's not it's not what you do to a friend you don't say hey friend i wish you'd stop making noise um i'm gonna forcibly silence you so it like it comes back to the whole like well he's not quite a dog and not quite a human and he can never be either no it's like that supernatural fanfic I read where like he um like loses his speech powers in the human world and it's really depressed. Yeah. <laughs> Cause then he does start getting treated like a dog. God. It's so dark, because like he still thinks Yeah like Scooby. But he can't express himself and eventually people just forget that he's anything else. God, that's fucked up. You think maybe like They'd watch him, like, eat a sandwich and be like, oh, shit, that's Scooby. <laughs> but, I don't know. It's fucked up. It's really rude. 
It's so rude. Like, yeah, beyond anything else, that's just, like, a rude thing to do. Batman tells them not to split up, which tells me that he's never seen a single episode of Scooby-Doo before. Yeah. They they find they hear that it's a toy, and they release Scooby from his muzzle, and then um, I think Daphne apologises, but, like, still... <laughs> Yeah, she um, doesn't sound like she means For some reason, it. the smug trio end up, like, on a trampoline. There's a bunch of, like, chase scene physical comedy stuff. Um, yeah, the show replaces, like, the doors gag with seesaws. Yeah. I put shenanigans in stew. Notable things um, is that, like, um, Robin helps Daphne up onto a jack- big jack-in-the-box, and she's like, oh, thank you, Boy Wonder. And then he's got, like, a bolus, and he's like trying to like lasso i think scooby but before he can do it the jack in the box like triggers and they go flying up into the air which i thought was very funny i like that she called him boy wonder yeah um there's another batman's on a trapeze i thought you would yeah, like batman that. saves them by being on a trapeze he's like he's in hocks so he's hanging by his knees and he's you know he's doing some dynamic trapeze his form is pretty good i was impressed i was like okay should point his toes more but it's fine he does a pretty good job (laughs) shaggy gets an elephant's mask on his head and like flips out he sort of stumbles into this teepee where the hooded person is and there's just this like silent beat that goes on just like a second too long before he reacts and i found it so funny it's just (laughs) another one where it is completely unintentional but i was it was hilarious i really liked it this is a good episode i like this episode he also says jinkies which is pretty weird Shaggy says jinkies. Yeah. Velma says zoinks. <laughs> I guess. It's a bit of a reversal. I'm I'm still amazed by how inconsistent all the catchphrase stuff is. Um, at this, not that late, but like fairly late stage. Yeah, I do wonder when they're like gonna actually sort of solidify. Because like yeah. it gets, it does, it has to get to a point like in the live action movie, the second one where they've got like the... That was the like whack a mole thing where it's like the gang's heads and it says their catchphrases. I think it must be um, what's new Scooby Doo sort of era. Yeah, that's a good series. Where it, I like it's that like one. all, yeah, it's like all the stuff that people remember from Scooby Doo and then it becomes more like specific to each character and they have the ending meddling kids' lines and stuff. Yeah. Whereas in this, it's also not a meddling kids line, and we don't get, yeah. we do not get an explanation for the the villains. Um, she she just likes money, <laughs> which is understandable. That's a motivation. Yeah, because they're chasing yeah. the hooded figure through this like toy warehouse. House. The hooded figure's on they a say, unicycle. We'll never catch him. He's on a unicycle. <laughs> Unicycles famous for their speed and security. <laughs> um. Uh, it's just so funny. They're all just doing circus stuff. Robin's on stilts. Um, yeah. It makes sense. He's an acrobat. Yeah. They do like a vaulting thing. Yeah. I There's, there's a scene where Velma has lips. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> no, I did see that. The animation just changes at random. They just add elements sometimes and there is no reason why. Yeah. It's like sometimes when a character will get like a different style of eye drawing. Or yeah. the like outlines of the characters become like a lot bolder and fuzzier and in this one Velma has lips which I don't like <laughs> it looks bad yeah I didn't care for it really okay so Robin's on stilts they do some pole vaulting they all get some bicycles and go over some seesaws um dynamic duo point at something I don't know I just wrote that 
Um, holy basketballs, that's two points. Yeah. So <laughs> the mo- the gang mostly hit like like a tennis net. Um, and for oh, some yeah. reason that like knocks them off their um, bikes. And I think Scooby hits the masked figure who goes flying in the air, goes through a basketball hoop and like lands like in the arms of the dynamic duo. So this answers our question from the beginning of the episode because Scooby can ball. Scooby, turns out, can ball, as long as it's people. Okay. He can ball with people. <laughs> That's what the Harlem Globetrotters are going to show him. That's the new tricks. They're like, okay, when you have a basketball, just imagine it's a villain. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be able to do it. Yeah, and they're just a very funny sequence where um, they've caught the master villain. And, again, Velma is not good at solving mysteries. Um We've established this, that she never gets it right, but it's it's true, she just doesn't. Um, they they look at the mask figure and they say, before you unmask him, can he tell us what happened to Mrs. Baker? You know, she was just there, she's an innocent bystander. <laughs> what, what happened to Mrs. Baker? And then she's like, I was here the whole time! And she takes off her own mask and it's Mrs. Baker. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, because, I mean, she's wearing the same outfit apart from the mask. <laughs> She's also, like, the same shape, and she's the only other named character. Yeah. It's good, though, because it's got, like, the twist with Joker and Penguin in the middle of it, and they're like, yeah, we're evil and stuff, but not the big bad. I guess they wanted to have, like, classic Batman villains, but then they also wanted, like, a Scooby-Doo mystery. Yeah, which is good. I think it worked well. Yeah. A bit too much chase, but it was mostly pretty funny, so I'm alright with it. Yeah, I think it's like one of those things where if you just cut the chase scenes down, <laughs> it's better. <laughs> just a little. I was just not happy. Uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, I guess they got to catch him somehow, but... Yeah. Mrs. Baker says she would have got away with it if it weren't for that dumb dog. I mean... So, no uh, meddling kids, but no there is a... Kids. It is a dumb dog. I mean, yeah. Batman and Robin acknowledge in this that Scooby did all of the work yeah, they're like, Scooby, you're a-okay with us. And I'm like, was he not before? <laughs> well, maybe they've decided that they will be the dynamic trio. Well, this is what I was thinking, because the way they say it, they're like, wow, Scooby, you did a good job. It's like, was he on probation? Were they like, we're thinking of kicking you out the gang. You have to do a good job this week, or we're going to send you to a farm upstate. <laughs> Just the implication that if Scooby doesn't perform well for the gang, they euthanise him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Batman's like, I don't have any Scooby snacks, um, but I do have bat snacks, which are just like a bunch of like grey biscuit things in the shape of bats. And he just pours them all over the floor and they all watch as Scooby eats off the floor and they all laugh. The bat snacks do just look like rocks. I know. <laughs> He's also not really eating them. He's just like moving his mouth around like the pile on the floor and <laughs> makes like eating noises. It's good. It's good. Uh, yeah. And then that's how it ends. It just ends with them all doing a little little laugh at Scooby-Doo as they always do. Yeah, it's pleasant. I like it. I liked this episode a lot. This it's had a lot of like genuinely funny moments in it. Yeah, this was just a it was just a lot funnier than um yeah, than the last one. Which is not a high bar, but... No, I think that was just a terrible episode to have as a first episode of the season. Yeah. I think having some knowledge of who the guests are made at least some difference. I just think it was really badly done. 
um, yeah. the last one. I don't think the story hung together really at all. And also, it was just animated weirdly, and it was just not good. It wasn't good. Even for a Scooby-Doo episode. Yeah, I was just saying something. So, um, I'm excited that this means that it is possible to have 40 minutes and for it to be, like, pretty good. Yeah, it's it gives me some more hope for this series. Yeah, so that was episode two. It was it was pretty good. Do you have anything else you want to share? Um, I haven't done a fan fiction corner. I did think maybe we could talk about the Mystery Incorporated YouTube fan oh, fuck, series because yeah. we didn't do that last time. Okay, so earlier this year, I discovered this in March, although this trailer was launched in February. It mm-hmm. is a Mystery Incorporated Brackets 2020 official season one trailer, 4K Scooby-Doo. Yes, it is indeed that. And boy, what a trailer. It's like, I don't know if it looks bad. It looks fan-made, which it is. Yes. Okay, so you you know how we on this podcast are constantly talking about a, River- a Riverdale-style adaption of Scooby-Doo. Well, other people must have heard us, I guess. We manifested this. Yeah, we brought it into being. So, it's a the YouTube channel has like 40,000 subscribers almost. And this video, this trailer has like a million views. The people want it. The people do want it. All the <laughs> the like, people are hungry for this. Yeah. Although one of the top comments is, wait, is this a real thing? I dead ass thought they were just making fun of Riverdale and use the Scooby-Doo characters to do it. <laughs> which, yeah, it does kind of come across it's, like that, but... Yeah, it does literally come off like that, yeah. They, I think, have finished filming their pilot episode because they were fundraising for it on Indiegogo. I nearly contributed, but um, I didn't have very much money at the time. Which is sad because then we could have got like a free DVD and everything. Yeah. They have released a second trailer now and they also have oh, shit. Um, Meet the Cast and Director. They have Mystery Incorporated Answers Your Season 1 Questions, which is like, I would have those if I had seen it. <laughs> I mean, I do have many questions about this. Yeah, because they have also released... Um, they've done two music covers. <laughs> they've done... So, like, the guys who play Shaggy and Fred also sing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a cover of It's Terror Time Again and also What's New Scooby-Doo. And they're both, like, kind of pop-punk voice boys. We did, like, an in-depth investigation into who these actors are. Um, they have not done much. I will say that. They appear to have mainly done Mystery Incorporated. Yeah. The guy who is Fred looks racist. (laughs) I think the biggest thing is he looks like 35. Yes. And his name is Dade. (laughs) Which is is why I think he's probably racist, because that's not like a real name that like a non-racist normal person would have, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's not Dave. It's Dade. It's like it's Dad, like, but with an E on the end. It's like the jock villain on any teen show. It literally is, yeah. That's I, Yeah, I can see him in Teen Wolf now. Uh-huh, exactly, yes. He's exactly like that guy on Teen Wolf who turned into a lizard and then was later fired because he was racist. Oh yeah, didn't he do blackface like eight times? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, that's, goddamn. I'd forgotten about him. I'm trying to load the um, website for this. Which God, I forgot how old he looks. Yeah, he just looks... They all look like 37. I'm yeah. sorry. 
I bet it's still better than Scoob, probably. Yeah, I've really not heard good things. I heard that it's like all of the worst bits. It's like everything wrong with current animation is in that movie. Yeah. And also they didn't cast Fred Walker as Fred. So. Frank Walker. Yeah, exactly. Which is offensive to me personally. And also they just haven't used the current cast. Yeah, which is like I this, this trend of hiring like film actors to do voice actor work just on the basis of like oh these guys are big names is so dumb because like I've never it's a different skill. Yeah, and I'm you and know also they're the they're the gang they're the current voice of the gang. I saw like a thing on Twitter of like um, I think the sister of the oh no it was a tweet from the person who's the current voice of Daphne like the normal one and I think she was like being very polite but she was obviously like quite upset about it yeah she was like i just can't Um, give my full support to this because like it you know it's not them and it was just like that's really sad and like the thing is like i don't look at zach efron and think yeah what i like about this guy is his voice because like i mean you didn't listen to scream from high school musical three and was like (laughs) wow this is a voice I want to hear every day of my life. Like, I think he's great in High School Musical, but I don't think he's a voice actor. <laughs> no, no, definitely. You know what I mean? Like, I keep looking at this picture of the cast and, like, um, hipster Velma. And, it's so funny. Yeah. She's, like, rational skeptic. The trailer has, like, vampires in it, which is interesting. I am curious. Um, it is a bit like, what if it was Riverdale Buffy, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, like, very 2020 is it even 2020? It's like 2015 styles. I just think it's so funny because the guy who phrase, who plays Fred is just dressed like a teenager, but he again looks... Um, <laughs> he looks 35. <laughs> he looks like a mould of Tom Cruise that went a bit wrong. Yeah. And like, I don't... Yeah. like if he, I think but child acting, you know, it's bad. And I, you know, there is the whole thing with like all Riverdale actors are basically in their 20s. Pretty Little Liars, some of them were in their 30s. Vampire Diaries, some of them were 30. But, like, they didn't, like, look quite as old. He he looks yeah, like he's a new dad. In- <laughs> I don't know. Yes, he does. He's also got, like, a cool necklace. Like, he's on Supernatural. Yeah. The the second trailer they've released does have Miney, M- Miney, Minor 49er in it, which is exciting. At least I think, oh, it's, yeah. I think it's him. We love Minor 49er. Also, Scooby is just a dog. Um. Also, the second trailer... <laughs> he's just a big dog. Yeah, he's just... I mean, to be fair, I don't think he's animated. It's too good looking to be animated. No, no, he's literally just a dog. Yeah, I think it, it, they picked the right dog. I know, but it's like, it's this is funny. a bit sad, Yeah, isn't it? it's going to be like... I mean, we always knew that was going to happen. You can't have an, like, an adaption like riverdale with scooby talking like he does in the cartoon show it's like in sabrina where they just don't have salem talk which i think is a mistake but lame i think it'd be great if like one of the characters could hear his thoughts like shaggy could sort of hear his thoughts i think they'll Um, have like a bond yeah but i i do just want (laughs) to the other thing about the second trailer that i don't think is in the first is that it has a, a shot of Fred standing over two gravestones looking sad. <laughs> Are they his parents? I, I mean, I that's mean they like parental implications. They literally, I think they have to be. I don't know what else that shot communicates. Like, a kind of teenage character looking sadly at two graves is like, is like the Very easiest Very vampire shorthand. diaries. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Elena going and 
writing her sad diary on her parents' grave. Yeah. There's also, like, a party scene. I think the Hex Girls are in it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, so you may be wondering, what is this? How... Is this uh, Cartoon Network who are putting this together? Is it, you know, who and Scooby-Doo now? Warner Brothers. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because they adopted... They got Hanna-Barbera. Yes. You might be like, oh, is Warner Brothers doing this? No, some people are just doing it. And they're sort of, like, hoping that they'll get licensed by Warner Brothers. Yeah, I can't tell if what they're doing is... Um, Legal. <laughs> well, yeah, because I think partly what they're saying is they're designing it as a pilot to pitch... But I don't, okay. I, I don't think you can, like, the way copyright law is, I don't think if, like, say, you and I were to get a group of friends together and do, like, pitch a Harry Potter American TV show using, yeah. like, the names and characters and settings that are in Harry Potter, like, we'd get sued, I think. That's not normally how it works. Not what normally works is... They're like, we're going to use this property and make a TV series, and then they look for people to do it. Yeah, they, they, you know, or, or, you know, I guess what some people can do is they can write a, they can write a screenplay. Yes. But normally you don't make that. (laughs) Maybe it was so bad as a screenplay that they were like, you just have to see it, like, acted for it to make sense. (laughs) I think. Listen, listen, don't read it, just watch it, and then you'll, you'll get it, you know? Yeah, because it's, this is still being, like, updated, I, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, the, the last trailer drop was a month ago, and I don't think this is showing any signs of stopping. So, like, either they've not been sued yet, because they've not been noticed. I think it would be so funny if Warner Brothers were like, yeah, fuck around and find out, show us what you got. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think that's what's I happened. Mean- if they agreed to it, I would think that would be amazing, and I would love to see that work, and I'd love to see how that goes, but as it stands, yeah, I just can't see that happening. Yeah. It's just really funny. Um, I think we could... we R.I.P. to Dade, Elsa, and the rest of the gang. I know! I mean, good for them for trying, and I'm excited to see where it goes, because I think the pilot is finished. Um... Yeah, and I we've got to get our hands on it. We have to watch the pilot somehow. Yeah, well, I think they're gonna just upload it to YouTube. Oh, <laughs> so yes. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna follow subscribe notifications on. Do you know what this reminds me of? What? Did you ever watch the My Immortal <laughs> YouTube series? <laughs> I think I watched the first episode of one of them because there were a few. Um, well, there's this like big main one that they did, and I did watch all of it. Um, any was that it, any good? It's sort of. Yeah, it kind of... So it was very amateur. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like... Like, the the cameras weren't great and the acting was, like, medium. But, like, it was quite funny. And the way they adapted it ended up being quite funny because in their version she was just, like, a random person who, like, went to their very normal school and was like, <laughs> I'm gothic. <laughs> and she was just very sociopathic. But they... I don't know. It was pretty, it was pretty funny. I liked it. That sounds good. Like, I'm pleased with this. It's very funny to me, and I don't think, like, they're going to get away with it for very long because of just, like, the state of copyright law at the moment. But Mm. I love that they're doing it and that, like, they've Mm. got a significant amount of donations. It was, like, £16,000. But people are hungry for it. Yeah, people want it. Like, and I get it. Like, I also want it. Um, And I think it's nice to see fan creations like that. 
Yeah, I love like amateur stuff. I like amateur films and like amateur TV, even when it's kind of bad. I kind of appreciate the effort and like the time. I think. Yeah, me too. Because it's such it's such a high level of dedication that I like. I have yeah. to respect it. Mm-hmm. All I do is make a a podcast, and what's that? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is that? What's that for? <laughs> Who who's that for? Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, I was um, looking up. I found a list of five worst and five best Scooby Doo series. Okay. And obviously, number one best was Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. Yeah, it's like correct. zero contest. But carry on. <laughs> yeah. Um. One of the worst was um. Be cool, Scooby Doo. Yeah. I mean, uh, wait. Is that the one that we kept getting the video yes. on the vending machine? Yes. The recurring Daily Motion vending machine video. Uh, the Family Guy style one. Did you know there was fifty-two episodes? Fifty-two. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who thought? I mean, children, I guess. But like, I guess because like the number of times I've seen pe- like my no- <laughs> I hate cool. I hate saying this. Normie friends on Facebook who simply do not know what we know about Scooby-Doo's history, show, like, pictures of um, the different generations of Scooby-Doo up till that series, and they're like, look what's happened to Scooby-Doo. It was better Mm. in the olden days. And, like, they're not wrong, but they're also, like... They're not correct. They're not correct. Because, obviously, the whole point of Scooby-Doo is that it's always terrible. Yeah. Except for Mystery Incorporated. And that's a modern series. Except for Mystery Incorporated. Yeah. Because they were like, what if we make this terrible thing and make it, like, actually good? Yeah. And the animation, the animation has never been good. Oh, it's been, yeah. And, like, I think there's something particularly ugly about the Family Guy style that I really do object yeah, to. Because I, I don't think like it's it. lazy. But I think it's a mistake to call the early seasons um, not lazy. Because <laughs> they were. It's the cheapest animation you can do. Yeah. Well, that seems to be the through line, is that it's always, like, the cheapest animation at the time. Yeah. And again, with so, the... like, now, now it's, like, CGI. Yeah. Yeah, with, with the exception of, like... Mr. Incorporated. Incorporated. I mean, that's probably quite cheap too, but they did use some CGI shots for it in the second season, at least. I thought it was pretty well done. Yeah, I think most of it. it I like the animation. It's very stylized. Fred's chin is like (laughs) the hugest thing. (laughs) This is like two ninety-degree angles. It's good. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited by this. More fan work. I think we'll we'll keep up with it. Yeah. As time goes by. I have the notifications on. Um, I wonder if they have a Twitter. I'll have a look for it. Um, well, I'll link the YouTube account on the Twitter as well if anybody wants to go and have a look because it's quite, it's funny. Please do. It's quite interesting. Please watch the songs. It's very funny. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Is that everything? I think that's everything for today. That was good. Okay. That was good. Um, we might be changing hostings to Pinecast, so look out for that in the near future. Um, while you're on there, you can check out our other podcast. <laughs> um, we're both on Who Watches the Watch, which is about Terry Pratchett, and Charlotte and some others are on um, a Song of Babies and Puppies, which I really enjoy listening to, which is about A Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. So check out those if you feel vaguely interested and want to listen to many, many hours of content. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, just keep listening to this. We love it when people listen. Yeah. It is good. It's nice to create. <laughs> it's nice to do things. Um, so until next time, stay groovy. Stay groovy. Hey, Scooby, where are you? Oh.
Fred Fat, Fred Fat, Fat.